When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 10 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we are coming at you from San Clemente, California. We are proud members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network and excited to have former ATP Tour player Daniel you joining us this week for the podcast. We've been trying to get Daniel on for months, but this man is busy, busy, busy. Not only is he working in Florida at the Todd Whittem, not a tennis academy, but he is also training Sun Kwan. So he's been busy with that busy training juniors and busy having a life. And so I'm really excited to get him on the podcast this week. He is coming at us from actually Todd Whittam's couch, I think. So it should be a fun conversation. Before I bring Daniel on, I want to just do a quick reminder. If you haven't become a premium member of Parenting Aces yet, please go to parentingaces.com, click on the join button and sign up. Also, if you are listening to this podcast and would like to watch the video version, you can do that on our website as well, ParentingAces.com, or on the Parenting Aces YouTube channel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring Daniel on. Hopefully, this is always like my trickiest thing, getting um, the technology right now that we're on Zoom. And Daniel, you're still muted. So I'm going to get you up. There you are. Hey, great to see you. Great to see you too. So it's the end of a long day. We're recording this on a Friday evening, Florida time. Um, So the end of a long day, the end of a long week, but you look fresh as a daisy. So um, glad to have you on and so excited to hear your thoughts on training junior players and how you use your experience as a tour player to help these kids develop their game to their highest potential. So why don't you give us um, a little bit of background, Daniel? I know you come from Korea, but did yep. a lot of training here in the States as a kid. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I came to the States when I was uh, 12 years old. I, w- I went to the Bully Terry for a year and a half and my family moved to Miami. So I follow uh, with my family there and I got to meet Pierre and Todd when I was 15. And since then, you know, uh, we've been playing, you know, playing uh, tournament each other and training together. Uh, pretty much grow, uh, grew up together. 
So, I mean, I had some great junior time in Florida. You know, I won the Super National Clay Court, um, finished top number one in Florida, uh, finished like top three in the nation. So, you know, I had some play some uh, professional tour in Korea for two years of uh, army there with the sports, uh, um, sports army there. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean, the sports army in Korea? I'm not familiar uh, with that. Yeah, just you know, all the Korean people, uh, the the citizen, the male male has to go to the army for two years. But if you're good enough to get that ranking uh, high enough, you could you know end up going to the uh, the sports army. Only four people, um, only four people is allowed to go um, 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 each year. But I was good enough to go. Um, I was good enough. You know, in the ranking, so I was uh, I was there for two years and had some great experience. So, does that mean that you continued your training? Would it be like going to college here in the states, or? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little different, you know, because um, you know we can use a phone or you know um, other stuff, but yeah, we are able to train every single day, and we play for the army. You know, it's just you know we we uh, for two years we represent them. So we go play the tournament. You know, we have the mark that uh, sports army here. So, yeah, you just yeah, it works like that. And you but play I, oh, mm-hmm. you play only within Korea or you were able to travel and play for with the sports army team? Um, just travel travels uh, in Korea, just in Korea. We couldn't around the world. So, you know, for two years I was there, you know, and. After I was released from the army, I went to the city team. You know, we have a lot of uh, team uh, team competition in Korea, so I was there, and you know, I fin- um for uh, was it like another five years, and after that, I retire. I came to the states in two uh, two thousand twenty. Wow! And so, how old were you when you went into the sports army? I was I was what um, twenty. 28 29 i think oh okay pretty late you know i was uh i was the the last last guy to go there with my age you know uh but um i had some great experience there you know um i learned lots of uh, discipline and the teamwork and uh yeah just consistently like working hard every day but uh yeah it, it helps in my life you know it was good did you always know that you wanted to coach? Um, yeah, I mean, um, being a tour coach was one of my uh, pretty much dream, you know. I've been traveling a lot by myself, and I know how tough it is, you know, like the, the um, getting a flight ticket, you know, the, the the expenses, and you know, the you know having a coach in tour is is really important and all that. And you know, one day when I'm done with this, I, w- I wanted to help. I wanted to help that, um, you know, the, the path I actually went through and he actually, he helping sooner. So I'm really happy for that. So what is your day-to-day like now? I know you're based in Florida and you work with Todd and with the kids he trains with. Are you on the road with Sunwoo too? Um, not right now. You know, we are, um, our season is off, uh, uh, is over this year. Um, Sunu right now is in Korea. He's getting a rehab for the shoulder, you know, for about five to six weeks. And then he's going to come over for the winter training, uh, end of November. 
So pretty much right now for me, it's like having a vacation for a month. So I'm kind of pretty happy and, you know, I'm helping Todd, you know, um, time to time if I can. So, yeah. So let's talk about how you transition from a tour player and then basically a team player, a club player now Mm -hmm. into coaching and you're working with juniors. You're also working with a professional player. Um, What are some of the lessons that you took from your own playing experience that you use now as a coach with these young players? Um, I think the difference is, um, I, I mean, most big difference, I think, is mentality and being mature on court. You see, like, even on tours, there's a lot of uh, the, the players who's 17, 16 years old, but they're so mature themselves on court. It, it's crazy. Like, they could compete with the pros. Like, they don't, you know, go down easily. You know, they always fight for every point and discipline, very disciplined. Uh, you know, the way they, how they play. But um, when I was teaching juniors, there's a lot of times that they can't control, control their uh, feelings. You know, a lot of times, you know, they, um, they break down and um, they get mad and, you know, like there's just rally, but, you know, sometimes they miss one ball. They just already like throwing a racket already, you know, like, you know, it's out of control, but um, like the progress is not, I don't think there's a big difference between junior and pros, but the quality, there's a lot of big difference in the quality. Like, you know, let's say we're hitting for 10 minutes, you know, in pros that, you know, there's really high intense of focus of hitting balls, but juniors, they lose that focus after, you know, three, four minutes out of 10 minutes. So um, you just gotta, you know, get them that, you know, we trying. I'm, I'm when I, you know, um, helping juniors. I always trying to get them, you know, put even working for five, ten minutes. That quality, that you know, the the being a mature on court. You know, just being focused and playing through uh, uh, the uh, the practice. Did you always understand when you were a junior player that? mentality that intensity that was necessary to be successful or was it something you had to be taught or to learn well i mean i felt it when i was uh when i was younger when i was getting better and when i was going from 15 to 16 i improved a lot from uh, 16 to 17 when i met pierre and um that i could tell my uh, uh my tennis was changing like when I was focusing and, you know, all that, when I was, uh, when I was maturing myself on court, I knew I was, uh, I was getting into another level, you know? So, but you, you know how difficult it is to control that on court, but every day I was just trying to, you know, find, you know, being consistently and trying to be disciplined myself and, you know, it, it was working and the juniors needs to know that, you know, they, if they can do it one day, that's fine. Another day, it doesn't happen in one day to, ha- you know, make it habit yourself. So um, just each, each day, you know, consistent, consistently, and it will happen, you know, after month, two months, you, know, you will see your, you know, your game will change. Do you view the development of the the strong mentality portion of the game, the same way you view the development of the strokes or the understanding of tactics in that it's these small incremental improvements day by day. Because one of the things 
that I've learned through these podcasts and talking to coaches over the years is, you know, if the goal could be that every time you get on the court, you want to get 1% better that day. Mm-hmm. Is it the same with the mental side that you have to, you have to improve in small increments? It's, as you said, it's not just going to boom happen yeah. overnight. Yes, of course. Um, you know, it doesn't happen. Like you say, it doesn't happen like that. So sometimes you have a good day. Sometimes you have bad days. You know, obviously, when you have a good day, it's so much easier. You know, you could just focus better. Everything is is okay. But even in pros, they don't have a good day. They don't play best their tennis every day. Sometimes they have rough days. Sometimes they feel tired. But it's their job. So they, when they're on the court, they finish their work. They finish what they have to do. If they have to work on their ground stroke, forehand back, and they finish each things that they have to do. They don't just, oh, man, I don't feel it. Throw the racket, goes away. No, they finish what they have to do, even though they're not feeling it. And they go out, you know, they understand, they absorb everything, you know. One day, you know, they play, yeah, uh, you know, terrible tennis. They're like, okay, that's fine. But they do their work, and the next day they come out, hey, it's a new day. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Little, it's a little different. How do you help junior players understand that? Because I think that's a huge challenge for kids. Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, it's not easy. I've been there, you know, I, you know, play myself junior here as well. But, you know, you just got to understand yourself, I think. You know, you got to maybe sometimes you, you when you play that, you got to kind of, you know, look at it in a third way and, you know, talk to yourself so like, hey, what's going on? You know, just not you know, get, um, furious just, just by your feeling, but, you know, just kind of look at it and talk to yourself like, Hey, what's going on? You know, you know, why am I getting so mad at it? You know, I'm here, here to work. Let's just stay cool. Let's just, you know, think about it, you know, like not just get mad, but use your brain, you know, like talk to yourself as not, not as a person, but if you look at it in a third person, then you try and you could understand and you could actually, you know, calm yourself down a little more, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you're working with junior players on the practice court and you, let's say one of the players loses it, <laughs> they just, you know, they get angry, they're banging their racket, they're cussing, whatever they're doing. How do you as the coach handle that? Well, I mean, I just tell them, Hey, just, just come down. I mean, there's nothing to be mad at it. I know you play bad or that, but hey, let's go over and, you know, think about it. Why are you using, you know, you know, let's say, you know, something, let's say he's forehand, something wrong with it. So you just keep shanking it. And, you know, more you get mad, you're not going to be able to see your mistakes. Right. In your feel. So you got to just, you know, come yourself down first and then just, you know, when he's when his head is cooled cooled down, I starting to talk to him. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you know, what do you think that happened? And he's got to think. You know, like if he's so angry that he just do it. You know, he just you know just tank the ball. You know, just, the ball's everywhere. But first, he's got to cool down to understand if he's you know if he's you know hard. I mean, um, you know, hot headed. Then you know he cannot uh, he cannot. Yeah, he can absorb it, you know, first. Right. Down, yeah, trying to, you know, get him to understand. 
So I know just, you know, from watching my own son go through this, that sometimes the anger just gets the best of you. And I mean, I even experience it playing women's league tennis, right? You know, I'll play against somebody that that just gets so angry that there's just no talking them off the ledge. Do you feel like your role as the coach during practices is to really help these kids start to recognize when their anger is getting out of control and developing some sort of, you know, like warning system that they can use themselves so that when they're playing a tournament and you're not able to pull them aside and say, Hey, you know, let's calm down, take a step, take a few deep breaths or whatever, um, that they start to develop those skills that they can implement themselves in a tournament situation. Yeah. I mean, um, um, what was the the question? (laughs) Well, do you feel like part of your role as the coach is to help these kids learn how to do this during practice so that when they're in competition, they, they can. can do it without you being there to to remind them. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, in the practice, when they play a practice match, and when they play great sometimes, and when they go into the match as a um, as a player, you know, they get really tight because they want to win. You know that they want to win this match and all that. That actually causes. Your tennis level, like let's say you're 10 of, you know, let's say you're like 10 right there when you practice, it goes down to like five. So whatever, you know, that um, you could, you know, have, um, um, you know, you could actually play great tennis, but because of that nervousness that, you know, it comes down to five, but to overcome that, you got to let go that that fear and that you want to win like you know you have to let the title go and you have to respect your opponent saying that you know what i respect him you know not don't look at them as oh i gotta beat him you know or uh, if you look at their rankings oh man he's, he's lower than my ranking so i have to win all that will cause you know less of tennis mm-hmm. you gotta let everything go you know, you, you got to respect your opponent, doesn't matter who your opponents are. And then you got to just go out there and you have to just play. I love the whole idea of respecting the opponent. And I know Rafa Nadal talks about that a lot too. Like that, the word respect is something that comes up often in interviews with him. When you say respect, be, what what do you mean? Because I know in different cultures, it means different things. And I'm curious what it means to you to respect the opponent. A lot of juniors think that um, when, uh, you know, when somebody is lower ranking than you, they think that they, they are worse player than you. So they don't accept if they win the point against you. You know, late, let's say they win a couple of games and stuff and you're so mad. Ah, I can't believe I lose to some scrub. You know, they, they, I see, I hear that a lot from yeah. juniors. I'm losing to scrub. But that means that you're not respecting your opponent as, as you know, um, as a good, I mean, um, um, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, like you're playing against your opponent, you have to, 
let go of your title doesn't matter you, you have to accept uh, absorb everything like doesn't matter you lose or you win you have to accept everything you could lose and you could win but you cannot just go in there and have that feel that oh i lose a couple of games against him because i'm a better player. you have to let go you're in there with your, with your opponent you know as a player to player you know you go you're, you're in there to you know playing tennis against him not oh i'm better than him no mm. you know what, what i mean what if you're playing someone who's ranked higher than you what does respect Some, mean then you know sometimes when you play against higher than you the the lower guy actually respect that and they say oh you know if i get a couple of games from him you know i'm fine you know they they have that in juniors but because that they play better because they think oh losing to him is fine you know because he's better than me even that, you know, you, you know, he's just a player to player. Yeah. You know, sometimes he could have a good day, he could have a bad day. If he has a bad day, if I have a good day, then the match could be turned around. You never know what's going to happen. So you got to let everything go and you have to just play tennis. You have to just play and strategy, tactics, how you're going to play the next point, you know, each game, each point. Does he like slice back? Does he like, you know, higher, you know, he, if he doesn't like hard, you got to think all those, not thinking about, um, you know, I mean, I can't lose to him because I'm better, you know, because, right. yeah, it's, it's they don't think about each point. You don't have time for getting mad or, or, or throwing rackets and get, you know, all that. You only, you know, you only have next point. What's going to happen? You know, what's, you know, at 30 all, what are you going to play at, you know, 4 all at 40-15, you know, all that. You don't have time for uh, throwing racket, get pissed off, you know, for, for a game or two. Mm-hmm. In pro, that's very critical. You know, you do that for one game, boom, you lose four six. You know, right, right. How do you help juniors really understand that? Because when you say it, it's you know nobody's going to disagree with you, right? I mean, it's logical, right? If you want to win, you've got to keep your head about you. You can't be bogged down in who's across the net. You just have to play your game and do your best out there. We all get that intellectually, but in the mm-hmm. moment you know, when you're on the court and you are feeling that pressure and it's very difficult to pull that up and, and yeah. say, okay, you know, I got to calm down. I've got to refocus on what I'm here to do, what my job is. It's very difficult to get, especially younger kids who don't maybe have the emotional maturity yet to really understand that all they know is they're frustrated. They're losing a match that they feel they should win or they're missing balls. They feel like they should, you know, hit winners on. It's, I think that at the end is the experience at the same time is a trust, you know, you know, trusting the player and a coach. You know, when coach is telling player, can you do this on a court? And the critical moment comes to you on, on, that, on that match. If you trust that, if you can just do it at one time and you're going to feel it. Like I said, it's, it's the experience, you know. And then each time you do it at that moment, you will overcome by himself every time. It, it, it will go you know, let's say you do you you did it that one match that at that moment came and you try to do it and try to you know think about you know not getting mad or not frustrated you know by trying to you know go forward not thinking about the past but thinking about the 
you know, the president, you know, what you're going to do next point, each, each, each point like that, it will not just, I mean, one match could help, but second, third, you will eventually get your mentally and the heart much stronger. This is what I saw from Suno as well. We start off this January and he freaked out. He freaked out a lot because, uh, you know, he <laughs> he lost first round in Australia, you know, to uh, Kokinakis, which is, I mean, he was a great player. I mean, he was playing unbelievable at his house, you know, at, at Australia. But, you know, the momentum, everybody was cheering for him. So he couldn't really turn, the, turn around the match, but he freaked out that match and previous match. He was so mad at that Ray and all that. I had to sit down with him, you know, it's like, Suno is okay. Just, you know, that's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you lose, sometimes you win, but why are you so mad about it? It's like, oh yeah, because of the press, you know, like, so, you know, the, 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 back then, you know, the Korean, you know, the, the, the press, everybody was uh, going at us. He's like, oh yeah, he's got a new coach now. You know, he's, he's he, you know, the, his results is going down, everything. I, I told him, hey, don't listen to them. You know, we, we you know, like we've been through, through a lot of progress. We worked hard. You know the whole situation. Let's look at look back the match and what happens and all that. And he he took it. You know he understood. You know you know what he he he's a quick learner. So you know and then after that we went to Biela. You know we went to uh, the challenge. You know we went to play a challenger there and boom, he he changed it. You know he's like you know what, forget about everything. It's a new, another match, another new match. You know and right there he won it. He won that tournament in February. From then, he was a little bit up and down, you know, even in Miami, you know, like, he, he, you know, since in February, he did really well. And then March, he was good. We came back to play Miami and he had another time. He, he was like, oh, man, I can't get a forehand. I'm shaking, you know, like, you know, he came again. But he's not just juniors, but pro as well. And I told him, he, you know, um to getting that, what do you call it, like slump? You know, like, yeah, slump. Yeah, yeah slump. Bad times. Yeah, bad, having bad times. And I told him, slump doesn't come out techniques. It come out from the head and mentality. And you think that if he's bad and bad and bad, you will eventually come back. You're a professional tennis player. You've been doing this for over 20 years. You have it. Because I'm looking at it from, you know, from the side. He's fine. But he feels like, oh, man, my forehand thinks, I mean, it feels like, you know, uh, thin. I can't feel like I'm thinking through the ball. It's all up here, you know. So that match was pretty interesting. He lost first set 6-7, 7-6, and 6-7. Wow. And that first set, at 6-0 in the tiebreaker, he come up, and he was like 3-0 or something, you know, changing a side. He come up and said, Daniel, I can't hit a forehand. I can't play. I don't know what to do. I never seen I never seen him does that. And I told him, hey, Suna is fine. I don't care you lose a match. You know, I I don't care. Just go out there and just, you know, just, you know, don't be afraid, you know? Just just play. Just play. But he was so afraid to lose a match, whatever. He was like six feet, seven feet behind the baseline, just you know, just uh, you know, defending, 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 and then he ended up losing the match. And after that, I talked with him. What happened? And he felt it. He, he he was regretting that he didn't do stuff on the court that he should have been, you know. And the opponent didn't play well too, but you know, he ended up, but 
you know, Ivashka, which is, you know, um, a great player, Ilya Ivashka. And he actually ended up winning a match. But he was being aggressive for every ball, trying to give Sunu pressure. Even though he was missing ball, you know, he was just coming in, you know, giving a pressure. And Sunu, after the match, he, he was like, you know what, I will, I will not do this ever again. You know what, just, I will just forget about, you know, forget about um, what happened. You know, like, you know what, I'm going to move on for, you know, for, for uh, you know, and then I'm not going to think about, oh, my technique, whatever, you know, shot. All I'm going to think about is what I'm going to do next, the, the strategy, what I'm going to do, you know, like all that. What so was his that, ranking at that point? Do you remember? We started off 95 earlier, earlier the year. And when in Miami was like around 80, 80, some, some like that, 80, something like that. 85. So the, the reason I'm asking is because I want the listeners to understand that you're talking about someone who is inside the top hundred on the ATP tour. This yeah. is a guy who's been playing tennis his whole life. He's earning his living playing tennis and he has moments on the court where he forgets what he's supposed to do, where yeah. the mentality breaks down, where yep. the tension comes in, the fear comes in. So to expect a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 17-year-old to be That's able not- to manage that all the time is unrealistic. And I think it's important, especially for parents, to understand this, that, you know, I when I was watching my son play, I used to get so aggravated when he'd miss like an easy shot. And then I'd go watch a professional tennis match on TV and see the number one person in the world missing that same shot. And it would be a reality check for me as the parent, right? Even Roger Federer misses this shot. How am I expecting my 12 year old kid to make this shot hundred percent of the time? That's so stupid. Like that's unrealistic. Yes. Yes. Because they're not perfect, you know. If you look, I mean, look at you know, like I said, there's a there's a kid out there, um, Atacaz from Spain. He's what 17 years old. Yeah, he's awesome. Already, yeah, he's already top 50. He's a he's a great player. He's so mature on court, you know. It, so it's 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 you know, and and then you know they miss the same ball that Junior misses sometimes, right. but they out you know obviously they you know they talented they practice every day and to you know to perfect you know to have a perfection but um you know even though they miss that's fine i know it's critical but you know it's you know they go forward they don't look back on my oh my god how can i miss this they don't keep thinking about that there's no time for it but in juniors they sometimes they you know the the mental blocks out after they you know miss couple points and you know a couple of forehands and they just keep worrying about oh my forehand I don't know if I'm doing it right you know they're not thinking about the whole picture whole whole match you know the the whole tactics you know I think that's that's most important thing you know in junior you know you gotta you know go forward you know not look back and saying that oh I can't hit forehand I can't hit forehand or or, oh, man, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. No, you can't think that, you know, right. you just got to go forward. Yeah. 
Well, I think part of it too is something you mentioned earlier is this whole idea of trust, right? Having trust in the coach that they're guiding you properly to play the right way in a tournament situation, but also trusting the work that you've done. And I know Todd's talked about this on the podcast before, that whole idea of, you know, if if you're only giving partial effort on the practice court, then of course you're not going to have trust in your game when you go to a tournament. So you have to give your best every day in practice so that you learn to trust yourself, trust your skills, trust your fitness, trust your ability to problem solve. And on top of that, trust that the coach is leading you in such a way that you're going to have success when it's time to compete. Yeah. Like I said, you know, the quality, you know, when you working for five minute, 10 minute, or let's say you're hitting for one hour, doesn't matter if you're hit for three hours or five hours, you know, doesn't matter if you do more. If you can just put hundred percent effort, hitting one hour of good focus is better than just mediocre for three hours or five hours, even doing fitness, you know, a lot of kids, you know, oh, they say, oh, yeah, I do. I'm doing a lot of, a lot more of fitness, you know. You know, I work, I spend, you know, two hours of hitting, two hours, you know, hour for fitness, and two, two hours again in the afternoon. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, yeah, you're you're doing a lot of stuff, yeah, for five hours, but how is the quality? Like, how are you putting that effort each day? And if your focus is not good enough each day. And, you know, let's say you could put out there 60%, 70% because the workout is too hard. Yeah, it might work, you know, just, you know, repetition, it might work, but at the end, it's not going to be better. The mm. quality, the, the, it has to be 100% each day. That's what I'm trying to, you know, teach juniors that even doing fitness, you know, not for 45 seconds, you know, only for 20 seconds, can you do it 100%? I give you everything, you know, just give you everything you got for hundred percent for 20 seconds with the right form, with the right technique, everything, you know, just your effort and, you know, concentration. And then I give you another, you know, 15 second, 20 second rest. And then we'll do it again for another 20 seconds. Can you just concentrate and focus for that short amount of time and then get back rest and get back again. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's how it is in a tennis match. You know, when you play a match, you get 25 second rest and then you play a point each time, but they don't give oh, 20% of points. And then, you know, you know, they, they always give hundred percent, you know? Yeah. So junior and that they think it's tough. Oh, I'm tired. So they, 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 they lack of concentration. You know, that's what was Todd and Pierre. That's, and that's what I, you know, that's what I trying to get that junior to understand that quality and focus and the concentration on court. Yeah, I think that's crucial. When you first started working with Sunwoo, was there a period where you felt like you had to build that trust between player and coach? Or did he come in 100% believing in what you were offering him? Well, obviously, at the beginning, he kind of doubted, you know, coming I mean, in all the training that we did, it was tough and all that, but I tried to get him to be more aggressive, you know, sometimes mixed with the serving volley coming in a little more. And, 
you know, he told me, he's like, hey, Daniel, you know, you know, you know, I'm a baseline player or that, you know, I, he's pretty aggressive from the baseline. But, you know, and he was saying that, you know, I'm a baseline. Why, why would I need this? You know, and I told him that against some other players that it will give them more pressure and you have to show them that you could have extra gain. That you know, if you hit this return, that I'll be able to finish the you know finish it off with the you know good serve and volley and all that. And at the beginning, he kind of doubted. He's like, I don't know if I you know you should this work you know all that. But this actually really came out in Biella when he won the tournament in Italy. That um, I think it was against Musetti in the final. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, he was he was serving value a lot there, and he came in a lot, you know, to finish off at the at, at the net. But because Musetti had a great backhand, great fun. He's a great playful player, and from the back, he was kind of you know giving trouble to Sunu. And the the whole tournament from the first round that he was trying to be uh, aggressive because at the baseline he wasn't working so well. You know, at the baseline, those people was getting the ball back and, you know, like he always has to hit another extra shot. And before the match, you always, you know, you know, make a strategy and all that against him. You know, when he turn around, you know, show their back, move in, you know, like, you know, he's quick. He's he's super quick. So, you know, get close in as possible. Try to, you know, finish it with the volley. And he has good hands. It's not like he has a bad hand. I mean, the guy has a great hands. You know, he got good touch and everything, but. He was afraid to use it. He didn't know when to come in. Like he didn't know the timing to come in. So we've been working on that. And that really showed off at the Biela, you know, and I was really proud of it, you know. And then after the match, like, you know, that was a trust, you know, that was it. And then after that, he was like, you could see the whole year of this game that he was coming in and, you know, fish it off with the value, you know, coming in a good timing, you know, all that. So I was really happy for that. Even on the return, like, on the second serve, I wanted to be more aggressive, you know, attacking at the sometimes. But, you know, um, he's a, he's not the big guy. He's kind of a little, you know, he's not small, but, you know, he's kind of, you know, um, he's an Asian. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was kind of afraid to step in and attacking. You know, he before he liked to, you know, stay way back and hit that return and, you know, get back on the court. But. You know, I told him to, you know, let's mix it up, you know, because he has great hands, you know, of, of the, he, he's, he has, he has really fast hands. So let's mix it up a couple of things. And, you know, he did it and, you know, the opponent was feeling a lot of pressure and he was winning more points out of that. He was, right. he was, he was saving more energy and he was actually winning more points. The percentage was going up and, you know, and, and that was the experience. He felt it on the court. So he was believing it and he, in, and then the trust was connecting it. You know, it's, uh, you know, I told him like, you know, you could have some good experience with some bad experience, but we have to learn from it. Right. And he lose, you know, we, you know, we seize it, you know, he's, you know, at the beginning, he was really kind of upset and he, he, he tried to try to blame somebody when you lose a match, he's like, oh yeah, it was this. And, you know, it was a, uh, it was a core, you know, all that. I told him, hey, you're the one who lost. It's you. <laughs> you know, there's no excuse, nothing. You got to observe everything. It doesn't matter you lose to some college player. doesn't matter you lose to some someone lower than you. You ended up, it, it's just you, you know? 
just observe everything. We're gonna learn from it, and then we're gonna just move forward. And you know, he learned a lot from um, Eastbourne. It, it was in June, so since then, he stepped up. And um, after he changed his mentality and, and being matured, now we can work on more other things because he's he's clear up, uh, on the head and the heart. So we could actually work more other stuff, you know, that, that uh, doesn't have to deal with the mentality and maturity, you know, but yeah. Well, and I think, again, the takeaway for junior tennis parents from all of this is that the player has to trust the coach. The coach has to trust the player and the parents have to trust both of them to do the work and to put forth the effort um, to improve. Right. And sometimes you're going to backslide a little bit. It happens at all levels of the game where Mm -hmm. the player maybe has been winning, 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 and all of a sudden they go into a slump, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but you have to continue to trust the process and trust the player and the coach to work it out and figure a way forward from that. Yeah, I mean the the trust is is pretty much most uh, important thing, and having a conversation with the player and the coach, you know, is I think being a tour coach that's the most important thing. Uh, share and conversation that um, what he felt on the court that's something that I probably missed it, mm. and something that I see from outside what he's not seeing it, and we got to combine that after the match, and we need to understand each other we if we were in the same page and we could go forward after we deal with it you know right how do you do that with a junior player in a tournament and especially if you're not there to watch the match well i mean at least if the coach he's been with the player a long time will know how he plays how his tactics how you know his game, you know, how he, he will deal with it in, in critical moments. And the player has to, you know, when, you know, after the match needs to talk to the coach every time, every, doesn't matter. Like every time needs to call them and say that he needs to explain to them what happened in the match, mm-hmm. each game, the first game, second game, you know, the, how the, the, you know, did you, you know, you got to talk to the coach and, you know, the player needs to, um, uh, let the coach know how he played and the momentum the 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 of the uh, of the match and they could fear things out. it's kind of a little difficult to if the coach doesn't watch a match but the, i mean the best way the best thing is is coach to be there and watch the game and sure. you know they, obviously but if not you know i will say the next the best thing is to you know having a conversation with them and and, you know, move forward what he needs to work on after that. You know, that's what I did. And that's what Todd did. And because, you know, it was kind of expensive for me to travel with the coach and everything. So after the match, I was calling Pierre from like Mexico. Hey, Pierre, you know, I play this match, you know, like, you know, this happened. And he always gave me a tips like, hey, Danny, did you do this in, in this moment? You know, what happened at uh, four all or what happened at three four that you're serving at here? Like, what you know, what point the whole thing? And I explained to them and I explained to Pierre and he gave me these all the tips and let's work on this, you know, for, you know, into the next tournament. And, you know, he always guide me through, okay, then are you doing fitness, you know, um, you know, like Monday, Wednesday, you know, Thursday, stuff like that. And, 
you know, it was tough, but we went through like that. Well, and I think, you know, one positive that comes out of those types of conversations, if the coach isn't at the match and the player has to call and kind of debrief the coach on the match is it teaches the player really good communication skills, because if the coach is truly listening on the other side of the phone, Mm -hmm. then the coach has an opportunity to ask questions of the player and, and will hold the player accountable for giving an accurate description of what happened out there. Not just, I played terrible today. Well, what does that mean? How, you know, we've been working on this stroke or this shot. How often did you use that? Give me a percentage, you know, tell me when it was this score, what did you do? Was it the tactic we've been discussing? And it really causes the player to be introspective and to develop the skills to communicate clearly with the coach, which, you know, we all know tennis is this microcosm for life, right? Kids learn skills on the tennis court that translate into all different areas of their adulthood. And this is one of them, that ability to kind of look inside to understand what happened and then to communicate it clearly to someone who not only is vested in the player being successful, but also has the ability to analyze the information that the player is giving them and guide them into the next match. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why the coach and a player needs to be trusted really well. Otherwise, um, the player probably doesn't want to speak about the match and they could just say, Oh, you know, it was, it was just bad match. You know, this all, that's all they say, you know, like there's no detail to it. And player needs to remember the match. Some players, some juniors, they don't remember the match. What happened? Mm-hmm. They think that, Oh yeah, just, I just couldn't hit a backhand, create a, you know, those are, I couldn't a serve. That's all they remember. They don't remember what they did or, you know, how they need to play. And, when you know when player talk you know talk to talking um um talking to the coach they don't remember what happened they're like oh you know if the coach asks like hey what did you do here at the moment you're like you know did you use you know the you know high heavy forehand and you know did you attacking you know to that and they're like they don't remember what happened yeah you know they they thought about oh man you know i'm gonna lose to this guy i lost to him you know like they don't remember the whole thing right but that's the thing that they should learn from and you know that's that's what they need to develop you know on the match strategy and tactics what they're gonna do you know the moving forward you know to remember like you know your match you know how how the game is going so they can have a conversation with the coach for the player wise they need to they need to have that they need to remember that right So it's all about trust. It's all about good communication and it's all about good work effort on a daily basis. And if you put all those things together, then the player is going to be able to reach their potential, whatever that is. And it differs player to player. Yeah. I mean, you know, every player has different talent. Maybe some player, good talent with a good, uh, quality tennis and training they could reach higher level you know but some player maybe not but to have that they're gonna reach the highest um uh, potential that they can get that's what i believe and 
player has different stuff, but you know, having those, it will make you a better athlete. And if the player decided to play tennis and that's the high level you can get through it with this, yeah. but without that, you'll be just, uh, it, it will just up and downs. There will be a lot of up and downs. Right. Right. Well, Daniel, you, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience and your knowledge and your wisdom with all of us at Parenting Aces. It's nice to finally meet you and hopefully we'll get to meet in person one day. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. It's been great. And hi, Todd. <laughs> and to, to the Parenting Aces audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.